Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You're listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast, episode 44. You are listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with Dr. Abby Metcalf. Change your relationship even if your partner won't do a thing. Hey, everyone. Welcome to today's broadcast. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and this is the Relationships Made Easy podcast. And I am super excited to bring you an interview with Ken Blackman. And we're going to be talking about relationship ESP. Imagine being able to read your partner's mind, even though I tell you not to do that. Uh, But he has a different take on it. Ken is a sex and relationship expert. He has worked with literally hundreds of couples uh, from here in the Bay Area, where I'm living right now, to Paris, to Sydney. He's trained thousands of students in his workshops on sex, intimacy, and connection. And How he explains himself is that he is an unapologetic break from conventional relationship advice. And that's how I think I do it. I think that this is a little bit of a break from conventional relationship advice in many ways. And I was lucky enough to meet Ken a few months ago and I thought, oh my gosh, I have to have him on the podcast and we have made it happen. So I'm not going to keep you waiting any longer and we're going to get right to the interview. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Relationships Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Abby Medcalf, and so, so excited to have Ken Blackman here today. I've been trying to get him on for a little while, and we finally made it happen. Ken, welcome. Super excited to be here. Yay. So happy you're here. So everyone, you're going to learn so much today. Uh, We're going to be talking about relationship ESP, as I already talked about, you heard in the intro. So um, I'm going to let Ken jump in in a minute. But first, I want you to hear about Ken. So Ken, how did you come to this work? What do you love to do? So I, these days, I'm calling myself a sex and connection expert. And how I got into this work, I was a software engineer 20 years ago. (laughs) And successful by most measures, but terrible when it came to my personal life and something needed to change there. You know, I, I have a whole origin story around how that how that came to be. But basically, I had, you know, one of those life changing experiences that got me from staring at screens, you know, to, oh, there's other human beings here. You know, there's like actual connection and connection has has become so important to me. And it's what it's the basis of the work that I do with couples is, you know, we come to relationship in order to experience connection. Fundamentally, that's that's what we do. Everything else we can do, we could do alone. And that, that was my life is Mm. you can have a super rich life alone. And then there's this, uh, this irreducible thing called human connection that is a nutrient that we're all hungry for. So that's the basis of, of the work that I do. The first decade of my work was kind of focused on sex and what happens in the bedroom. And then from there, it's been like everything that I learned about relationships from as seen through that lens of what happens in the bedroom. So 
Wow. Oh, it's great. I'm going to, um, and I, I promise to have Ken on in the future to talk about sex. So no, no worries, everybody. <laughs> Don't worry. It'll, it'll, he'll come back. Yeah. Uh, and today though, you know, when Ken and I were talking uh, a few talks ago and he started talking about this relationship ESP and I got so excited and so asked him to talk today about that. So mm-hmm. Ken, what is it? Right. So this is fantastic. So here's what I notice is especially I'm going to generalize about men and women. And I just want to preface before I say, you know, any of those generalizations, everything that I say about like men or about women may not be true about a particular man or a particular woman and might actually be true the other way. So I only talk about the generalizations so that because our language requires pronouns. So I'm going to use the pronoun that applies most often. Okay. That's very fair. So I'm not saying men are this way, but I'm still going to talk about a man and a woman this way. So often, because we as men often like we're we're encouraged to be producers and we're discouraged from being uh, in our emotional state, right? Emotions, I was trained that emotions are not good. They're they're Mm -hmm. dangerous. Um, They will lead me astray. They'll they'll take me off track. They're not trustworthy, all of which is not true. Mm. But because of that, we tend to be formula people. We tend to be algorithm people, right? And so we want the instruction manual. And I think it's good. You know, like the guy will say, just tell me what to do. I'm, I'm willing to do it, right? I, I'm willing to do it. Just tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. And in a way, that's a good quality because it's better than, you know, us being driving through the road and we're not willing to look at the road map. We're not willing to get any instructions. We're just going to figure it out. Right. (laughs) So in a way that's good, but what it leaves out is that there's actually a whole part of our brain that has the answers to the questions that we're looking for. And so often I have to tell guys, you know, they'll ask a question and I'll tell, I'll, I'll be able to tell they're in their analytical brain. Like they want to, they want to figure this out. And if they get this right, then they're going to have a, a system to it, a formula that's going to work every time. And oh my God, they're, that, that is going to get them into trouble. <laughs> so, so funny. So I have to tell guys often, I say, the part of you that's asking that question, like often it's a question of like, when you do this, that means this, and that means I should do this. Yes. And I have to say the part of your brain that's asking that question needs to turn off so that part of your brain that feels, the part of your brain that senses, the part of your brain that, that can intuit things can actually start to give you the information that's already present. Because wow. most of the time I'm sitting there listening to a couple and I, I do a lot of my work on Zoom. So I'm on a, I'm on a conference call with a couple mm-hmm. and I'm listening to one and watching the expressions on the other, and that tells me everything that I need to know, right? Like that tells me everything that I need to know because the information's there. And I just need to train him to recognize that. So I came up with this concept, like if he starts using his intuition, and then I show him actually how to do that, how to actually cultivate his intuition, that all of a sudden it seems to her like, all of a sudden he sprouted some ESP muscle (laughs) and he's shocked to see how much he already knows. And he's also shocked when there's a little voice telling him to do something that seems really counterintuitive Mm. and really strange. And he has to take, have the courage to trust it and act on it. Mm -hmm. So that's the basis of it. That's great. So this is really Number one, listening to intuition, what we yeah. call intuition, um, which I know you're going to break down a little bit because a lot of times people hear that word and it feels very sort of airy-fairy and, you know, what is that? And I, I do try to explain there's an actual brain chemistry to that. But, uh, yeah. but can you talk more about intuition and why some people are better at it than others? And it seems like women in general can be better, but but just in general, like why anybody would be better than someone else at it? Yeah. So first of all, you're right. In general, it can be that that women are better at it because it just culturally, it's it's acceptable. 
also there's a there's a connection between your intuition and your emotions. So when he says, How are you doing? and she says, Fine. <laughs> you know, if you're in a relationship, you're gonna catch on the 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 fine that actually does mean fine and the mm-hmm. fine that means I'm super pissed off. Yeah. Right. You're gonna develop that skill if you you know, if the relationship lasts any amount of time. Mm-hmm. But, but there's a lot of nonverbal communication and emotions are actually, in my view, I read this somewhere and it made a lot of sense. There's this, are you familiar with the book, A General Theory of Love? Uh-huh. Yes, I am. So one of the things that they said in that book, it's almost, they almost said it in passing, but what they said was it, emotions are a form of communication. Like mm-hmm. social animals are the ones that have emotions, right? Like a gecko doesn't have emotions the way we do because they don't need to communicate what they're feeling to other, right? They're Echoes, loners. Right. <laughs> so on the savanna, if one of us is afraid and feeling that emotion, it's, it's contagious, it's catching, which is good because others should be afraid if one of us is. Yes, um, that's great. So, so that happens now in relationships, which I right. talk about a lot, right? So I ask my wife how she is and she says, fine. Mm-hmm. And I get that she's angry, right? Right away. Mm-hmm. Or she even says, fine. You know, it, it's not even so clear, but I still know. Or uh, I had a client the other day say, uh, I knew my husband was in a bad mood when he came home. And I said, how'd you know? She goes, by the way he closed the door, Mm -hmm. the front door. I said, oh, did he slam it? She goes, no, it just, it just was the way he did. I just knew. Right. (laughs) So I think you're right that that, and that's really intuition. Right. That's That's really us picking up. Yeah. And the reason this is important in relationships in a way that it's more so than I think any other arena of our lives in relationships in particular, because we're, we're in relationship because of how it feels and we're in relationship because of how it feels. So if you're ignoring how it feels, you're actually missing out on the crucial component of, of why we come to relationship in the first place. So I'm not asking him to do anything that's out of integrity, I'm actually asking him to be more present in the relationship, to be more, you know, be there for the parts that you're actually there for. So if he's in his analytical brain, there's something that's missing from the relationship in that moment, right? Yeah. So I'll tell, I'll tell a story. In the poultry industry in the 1930s, there was a problem. And the problem was that they needed to identify the gender of chicks that were born, right? Male or female. And it's hard to do. You can't just look at their butt and tell. And, you, and the males and females are going to be treated differently. So this is a major problem in the poultry industry. It's called sexing, sexing the chicks. How do you determine? So there was this school in Japan that taught how to do this. Oh. And it took six weeks and they would teach you how to do it. And this is how it worked. The student sits with a box of chicks, picks up a chick, stares at the butt, takes a wild guess, male. There's this instructor standing behind him, tells him whether he's right or not, right? So pick up a chick, male, nope, wrong. So then you put it to the side. Pick up another one, take a wild guess, female, yes, put it in, you know, put it aside. Pick up another one, female, nope, put it aside, okay? You do that every day for eight hours for six weeks. And by the end, the student can do it with a 90% accuracy. The, the instructor wow. can do it with 90% accuracy, but they, don't, they can't tell you how they know how to do it. Wow. That's crazy. So, so there's knowledge that we have access to. There's, there's, there's knowledge that we have access to that is not con- we, we don't consciously know how we know. Mm-hmm. So uh, interestingly about the example you gave about how he closed the door, mm-hmm. often, often we know what, what it is, like we can name the signs, but there's a pitfall there that I want to point out because guys, this is where, where we are tempted to turn it into a formula. So I actually encourage people to not try and identify how they know what they know, but to l- literally just try and listen to what their intuition is telling them and do it the way these poultry people do it, right? Listen to your intuition. Take a chance that you're right before you've even tested it. 
don't turn on your your analytical brain to figure out how you know or why you know what you know, but just like literally be an intuitive human being and act on it and then get feedback from your partner the way the poultry people did. Mm-hmm. Now, this can be scary with a couple because I have to tell her, I'm, yes, I'm overtly encouraging him to do stuff and, you know, he's going to get it wrong sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So please, please, please give him leeway. Because we're developing a muscle in his brain that he's not accustomed to using. He's really accustomed to using the same brain that he uses for programming and for business deals and for car repair. And I'm, I'm getting him to, to drop into a part of his brain that is actually more in tune with why you're together in the first place. That's great. So this yeah. patience and grace, I think, are right? Such a huge, because it's a skill. So it's learning a new skill. And like, if you were teaching your child a new skill, you'd have a lot of patience, you know, as they tried over and over and over to do something. And I've noticed for some reason, we'll have that with children or maybe someone with, you know, a disability, but with our partners, and I hear women, they'll say, well, he's a grown, grown ass man, he should be able to do this. And I think, no, you know, yeah, but what, where's the patience? Where's the, mm-hmm. you know, allowing a skill to develop? And of course, skills develop better when we have positive feedback to them right. than when we think we're always screwing up and we're waiting to get the hammer. Right. Agreed. And often we've, we've run out of patience from our previous relationships. So we're already mm-hmm. showing up in this new relationship that we're in, you know, Get, having very little leeway for our partner to grow and change and learn. Mm-hmm. So this is a learning process. And, and when I'm working with couples, it's a lifelong process. Like, like the fun of it is that you're going to get to know your partner for the rest of your lives, right? Mm. And then the role, the role of the person who's helping their partner develop the intuition is, here's another tricky place. If my partner says something about me that's true, but I'm uncomfortable with it and I'm embarrassed about it, my gut response, and for for me personally, even after years of teaching this stuff, I still do this. As a gut reaction, I'll say, no, I'll deny it because it's scary. So the difficult part is when your partner has an intuitive hit about something that's going on to you, it's super, super, super important that you tell them that it's true, even if it's uncomfortable to admit that it's true, because the alternative to that is that you're fogging their lens mm-hmm. and you're, you're uh, messing with their, you want them to know you that well. You want them to, to see you that clearly. They're going to be on your side. So these difficult places where he's saying, are you pissed off right now? Or are you jealous right now? Or you know whatever the whatever that uncomfortable thing is mm-hmm. that the role of the other person is to is to no matter how uncomfortable it is to say yes. And another piece is if the answer is no and it's genuinely no, still search within yourself and see if there's something you can identify that might mm. be the thing that he's sensing. Right. So maybe there's something right next to what he's saying or something related to it so that he gets the sense that there was something he was feeling and you're just helping him understand what it is that he's feeling. Yeah. And I think a lot of times people, so someone might guess that someone is angry, but really they're hurt. And exactly. so I think that's a great example of that. So someone might guess, well, you're really angry right now. And, the, and instead you say, well, it looks like anger, but I'm really feeling rejected or abandoned and I'm feeling hurt. Yep. I think that's what you're talking about. Yes. Yes, exactly. Okay. okay. That's great. I love that. You know, and I think one of the things that comes up is that I do think sometimes that let's say husband to a wife or to a partner will see that she's angry and that's what it is, but he actually ignores it. This is what I can hear. I actually had a client this morning talk about this, that he'll avoid it. He sees it, but he doesn't want to talk about it because going, it's like the only emotions that are allowed are the, are the, you know, happy, lovey, connecty ones, or I think they're all connecty ones at the end of the day, but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Those first, that first blush. So what do you feel about that? That idea that we get afraid, that's why we don't ask. That's why we don't, Yeah, yeah. Because we actually want to avoid it. 
Yeah, this is huge. And really, let's like, let's acknowledge it. We're really only talking about one piece of the of the chain, one piece of the puzzle here. Because um, once you know what's going on with your partner, like, let's say we get your your spidey sense to 90%, right? Then there's a whole question of what do you do? Because it's not always going to be the right answer that you say, you're pissed off right now or you're jealous right now, right? There's a, there's a whole set of skills you need in order to know what to do now that you know what's going on with your partner. And it has to be handled with, with care. And that's, a, that's a, a, whole, a whole different set of skills that also you're going to need patients to learn how to, you know, what's the right thing to do in this situation. Mm-hmm. So, and that's, I impress this upon everybody who listens a lot, that these are skills. Everyone thinks that what I hear a lot is that we should, you know, th- people think we're born with this, that, mm-hmm. and I believe that we are born with this intuition and that we, you know, clouded over over the years, but we are not born with the skills to deal with anger, rejection, hurt, abandonment, and even happiness sometimes, depending on the kind right. of house you grew up in, people don't do well with happiness. They're waiting for the other shoe to drop the whole time. So right. you're not supposed to enjoy something, all of those things. So I think what you're saying really reinforces that, that there needs to be patience. Like if I was learning to play tennis and the first time I got out there and I <laughs> couldn't hit the ball well, right. I wouldn't think, oh, I'm terrible at tennis. I would think, oh, I, I have to practice this more if I want to try to be good at it. Right. Even if and, that's uncomfortable or embarrassing. Right. And the other thing, you, you touched on this earlier, but, you know, like thing, you know, you set up an evening to have dinner together and do something, you know, enjoyable. And there's this problem, this thing that's nagging at you. And, you know, oh, are we really going to ruin our evening by having this uncomfortable yes. conversation? Like, is that really where we're going to go? Mm-hmm. And so there can be this, this orientation towards trying to make things feel good, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. Of course, you want things to feel good, but, but things get ignored or swept under the rug. And that builds up over time. And, and all of a sudden, you're distant from each other, you're strangers, right? Because the the one thing you didn't say, and then the next thing that you didn't say, and the next thing, and all of a sudden, you've got this whole, you know, you're, it's like, you've got this whole area where there's these little landmines, and you're walking around them. And less and less do you actually know each other as human beings. And the knowing of each other as human beings is where the juice is. So yes, sometimes you will have to bring up something that doesn't feel good to talk about, but what's going to happen on the other side of it is the closeness and the intimacy is going to get better. Your mm-hmm. sex is going to get better if you don't have secrets from each other. Yes. Your, the time that you spend together is going to be a thousand times better if you're not putting on a, on a facade with your partner, right? Like mm-hmm. for, for dating, yes, but for your partner, you know, all of the, those uncomfortable conversations that you have are going to make your relationship so much richer and better and and closer Mm -hmm. on the other side. And I have told people, because that is such a big one, you know, oh, we were having a good time, so I didn't want to ruin it. Yeah. And my response is generally, why is there an assumption that that'll ruin it? That's a belief you have that talking about emotions or, you know, talking about something you don't like means Mm -hmm. it's going to go bad. And this is where you know, the trust has to be that you can go into the conversation and even say, you know, my goal, I want to tell you something. And my goal is that we're going to feel really connected and good on the other side. So -hmm. that's where we're going. And right now I want to ask you about X or talk to you about Y. And that setup is huge because there's so often that we think of ourselves on opposite teams and so, of course, you know, you're coming at me and I have to win somehow, right? If we're not on the same team, I have to win. And that means you have to lose. So right. if we can think of it as, wow, we're both going to this place and how do we get there uh, together? Mm-hmm. And so that we can be closer. I'm not bringing this up to criticize you. I'm actually bringing this up to be closer. Right. But that does have to be the intention. And that hasn't always been the intention in a relationship. So is yeah. there a way to... Because I, I do think sometimes people think, well, my partner's just going to use this as ammunition if I talk about this. And what do you, what have you counseled people to do if that's where they're at? Like they're worried, they're afraid, 
that, right? It's going to, yeah. it's always going to go south. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's levels of emotional charge, right? There's green light, which is all things go. We're doing great. There's yellow light, which means I'm, I'm really struggling with this. You know, I'm still in the game. I'm still struggling. I'm struggling, but I'm still with you. I'm still connected. And then there's red light, which is like. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm freaking out. I, I either want to just like rip your face off right now or just go running and get, get you know, file it. If I'm done. I'm out of here, right? So, so you have to know, you can actually, I, I encourage my, my couples to use that languaging. You know, it's like. I like it. Green, yellow, red. And the discomfort is okay, but sometimes you're going to have an emotional reaction that is out of your range of, of what you can handle. And so all of a sudden you're in genuine reactivity that you don't have like control over. Mm. So at that point, you know, have it be that, that, that it's understood that the, you stop right there. The game, the game stops. We're putting the game on pause right now. We're going to get back to a place of, of connection where we can have the conversation so that you together regulate the, the level of emotional charge so that you can go into the discomfort zone, but not go into freak out mode, right? That's the first piece. Wow. And the second piece is there's a huge difference between, we'll take anger because anger is a, is a, a strong mm -hmm. emotion. Yep. But there's a difference between anger and contempt. There's a difference between anger and vindictiveness. There's a difference between anger and deliberately being hurtful to your partner. Yeah. And so a lot of people who, who just have a habit, when they're angry, they, get, they go into the, those other things. It wouldn't even occur to them that, they're, that those are different things. They're just tied up in their mind. Yeah. So what happens is, like there's tools you can use to not get into anger, but I often will say it's okay to be angry. I want you to be have the permission to be angry. That doesn't mean that you start being vindictive or actually saying mean things to your partner. That that is a relationship killer. Mm. So if when if I'm working with a couple that fights a lot, let's say they're just passionate human beings, and I like passion. I think passion is <laughs> fantastic, and I try really hard not to do anything to dampen their passion, but to learn how to be passionate skillfully. Mm -hmm. So I often use this this metaphor where if you fight, I'm not going to train you not to fight. It may come over time that you guys just fight less because things get worked out and you have a different relationship. But for now, just learn to fight like MMA fighters, like learn how to fight really skillfully. And what that means to me is number one, bring your full passion to it. You don't try and like turn it down. Uh, you go all the way to con conclusion. Meaning if you're arguing about something, you want resolution. You don't want to just stay there. Mm -hmm. MMA fighters hate actually doing damage they hate if they break a bone their part their opponent's bone they hate it they don't want to actually hurt each other they don't want to damage each other so fight clean not with the intent to hurt each other but just to be i'm really really angry about this right that doesn't mean you're gonna hurt each other there's a difference there yeah wow and then mma fighters when they're done 
they congratulate each other. They shake hands or they hug, you know, like they're, mm-hmm. they get all the way to the other side of it. So mm-hmm. that's great. I love yeah. that. Oh, it's super. So what are some other ways then to develop this relationship ESP? Like what are other ways to get that front and center? Okay. So I give this example. So the guy is sitting watching TV and he knows that she wants her to, she, she wants him to do the dishes. <laughs> and he just wish, he just wishes he would just come out and ask him, right? Like we've talked about this, you know, if you would just come out and ask me, I'd be happy to do it. But if you're not going to, if you're just going to, you know, if you're, mm-hmm. if you're not going to say anything, I'm just going to sit here and watch TV until mm-hmm. you, you know. Yep. I've heard this before. Yeah. And I say to the guy, like, if she, if you know she wants you to do the dishes, then she communicated. That that was the communication. <laughs> oh, I love that. So that reminds him that his role is goes beyond like she's not gonna necessarily talk to him in proper man speak all the time. That's not how relationships work, right? Mm-hmm. And so if he can listen to that intuition and act on it, like go go do the dishes if you have that intuitive hit. That's the same skill that plays out in the bedroom. Like if he's, you want that spidey sense. Mm -hmm. So if you use it in your everyday life, it becomes fantastic in the bedroom. You know, like you can start to know what, what your partner wants before she even opens her mouth. You know, I love that. And it's interesting because to me, that whole scenario that happens with, (laughs) I know she wants me to do this, but she has to ask. And it's a power struggle. Right. And if you're in a power struggle, that is really going to show up in the bedroom because you can't be in a power struggle in the bedroom. Right. And expect great sex. It's not somebody giving in or somebody, you know. Right. Unless you're into, you know, something real fun and S&M or something. That's not, that's not, even that is not that. So what do you say about that? Like, how do we help? And I, again, I think because men especially are trained to compete and to, there's a winner and a loser. And not that women don't do this, do not get me wrong, but it seems to be especially there because I have heard that so much from men that, you know, she needs to ask or she needs to be more direct or I don't like this passive aggressive stuff where she says it this way and really she means it this way. It's like there's a punishment that happens if you don't do it the right way. Right. And so like there has to be an understanding that relationships are going to run on generosity. Mm -hmm. That's the fuel that, that relationships operate on. Like, in the bedroom and out, you know, it isn't tit for tat. You guys are co-creating something amazing and you have to bring your generosity to it, to the relationship. I love that. And how, what else can you do to make sure that generosity then is front and center? I think it only takes one person to decide that you have the surplus to be generous to your partner right now. And Mm -hmm. Of course, in the, in the big scheme of things, it has to be both of you playing from that place. But in any given moment, it only takes one of you to make that switch so that you get out of the deadlock of, I'm not going to do this until you do that and, you know, yep. like that. I call that relationship gridlock. Yeah. Everyone's waiting for everybody else to move their car. And right. nope, go around the block. Right. Go back up and go another way. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was in the, I was in this this Facebook discussion about this very topic, and a lot of the people were saying, "Hey, you're 100 percent responsible for your side of the street." And I was like, "No, that's not true. Both of you, each of you, individually, is 100 percent responsible for the relationship as a whole. Mm-hmm. So however the relationship is right now, each of you individually is 100 percent responsible mm-hmm. for it being that way, and it only takes one person to decide, you know what, I'm going to be generous to my, to my partner. Mm-hmm. And doing that, I believe that if you're both in there, that doing that on a consistent basis is the best way to get your partner to start acting that way as well. Without a doubt. People pick up on that. They know, right? That's hence my book, Be Happily Married, even if your partner won't do a thing, because right. you really can change how those around you act by how you act. It, there's that's so obvious in so many ways and again yeah. we tend to do this very easily with our children our children might yell and scream i'm afraid or i hate you or whatever you know when they're little and we don't respond in kind <laughs> i hate right. you too or you suck or you know we're not yelling at a 3 year old right and 
we tend to actually do the opposite when that happens. You know, do you need a hug? What can I get you? Maybe some water. Let's go sit. Like, you know, right? We have these mm-hmm. sort of reactions. And again, when adults have their own kinds of, uh, I hate you, <laughs> you right. know, or I'm angry, I'm frustrated, I'm overwhelmed. We instead, again, in these partnerships, it's like, you know, you're not supposed to act that way. Right. And therefore, I'm going to punish you instead of being loving and going towards you. Right. Yeah. And your partner is, you know, your partner's greatest influence in how they, in learning how they're going to respond is how you respond. Mm -hmm. So occasionally it it feels like one person is rowing both sides of the boat, right? The other person Mm -hmm. is stuck on something or they're being there. They have a a moment of immaturity or something. Mm -hmm. Yes, it does happen. You, you are writing, you are rowing both sides of the boat for, for the relationship right now. And you know what? That's, that is okay. And that's entirely appropriate at times. And they're going to, you're showing them how it's done. And, you know, in a relationship where you want things to work out, they're going to catch on and they're going to start to, you know, if you if you adult, then your partner will start adulting. Yes. <laughs> so true. We sort of lose the adult track sometimes and, right. you know, how we want to be. Yeah. And so, you know, if you're going into a downward spiral of both of you just being more and more immature or more and more mean to each other, you know, that's you're dancing that dance together. So, yeah. And I I do. I like to reinforce this idea of relationships are not 50-50. They're 100-100, right? Yes. So really putting it and I always like with women, especially, I have to say it's not 150. Right. (laughs) It's 100. You know, 150 is the codependency. But really putting in your full self all the time. And I often compare it to work. You know, if I was at a job and I put in 50%, I would not expect raises or promotion. I, right. right. I'm putting in 50%. So right. if I really want things to really want to succeed and move forward and have great things happen, I'd be putting in 100% every day. Right. And so this idea that we put in as little as we can almost or or only as much as they do, that gridlock thing again, right. that your couple is a shared resource. So if you're taking away from your partner, you're taking away from yourself. You, that right. pool is one pool. Uh, I talk about this a lot. So I love how this fits in that because it's really talking about how to make the pool, the shared battery that you have uh, Mm -hmm. fuller, you know, how to charge that. Right. So that sometimes both of you can run off, you know, it's not just for you to run off. It's not just your charge battery. It's the, it's the one you share. Right. Exactly. So I I love that. Uh, And this is often further downstream from where the original problem was, right? Like if you're already in a state of kind of holding out on your partner, you know, like, like you've made some kind of conscious or unconscious decision that you're not going to put in anymore. Probably something happened way for, you know, way upstream, something much earlier where something didn't get said that needed to be said. And instead of having the conversation and bringing it all the way to resolution, it, it just got swept under the rug. And now you're shut down in that one little area. Or something, or something didn't get resolved. Like you had an argument and it didn't, it didn't get resolved. So those are the kinds of small events that eventually lead to someone just in one, like in one small area, they just say, "Forget it, I'm giving up," and they shut down. Mm. And those accumulate and they get worse. So you know, the studies that I've read say, in my early days, I prided myself on how chill and relaxed and, you know, like accepting I was and, you know, like water under the bridge, you know, it's no big deal. And I was, I, I, I prided myself. I thought that was a a phenomenally good relationship skill to have. And it was shocking to me to discover actually the relationships that do the best are the ones where they talk about what the issues are. Like I was actually doing my relationship a disservice by letting all that water flow under the bridge and not saying, hey, this bothers me. Because mm-hmm. little by little by little by little by little, I was shutting down in, with respect to my partner. And yep. so, you know, even the small stuff like talk about it. Yes, yes, yes. Bring it up. Yes, yes, yes. Ha- grapple with it. Yes, yes, yes. Get to resolution on it. Those are the relationships that really thrive and last a long time. And they're fantastic at 10 and 20 and 30 years from now. Mm -hmm. That was a shocker to me. 
No, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. And it's true. I've read that research too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And learning how to actually resolve things. So what I do hear from couples a lot is that they do have arguments, but it doesn't get resolved. Mm-hmm. And so they'll have the same argument over and over. How do you feel like relationship ESP fits in there? Well, it's an interesting question. It's a tough question. If I had the if I had the couple in front of me, I would delve in there and show them help help them find what they, like often when I'm working with a couple, I don't know what the answer is either. And I've had situations where I understand why you guys see this as a deal breaker and if I if I didn't know that we were going to resolve it, I too would see it as like a like a deal breaker. Like this is the two places that you're coming from are so different. I can see each of your position and I can see why you see it as a deal breaker. And the only thing I, I as your coach have to go on is that I know if we talk, if we talk about it and continue mm-hmm. to talk about it, we will find a, a resolution. Yep. So I just stay in there in the not knowing as much as they do and have it be that they stay connected. They stay in conversation and then, Oh man, this is the happiest, this couple raves, you know, about how good their relationship is. I hear from mutual friends who know them, Mm -hmm. how much their relationship has changed. So sometimes it's like, I don't know what the answer is. I just know that it's going to get resolved if you guys, if you guys keep talking about it and, and we together will figure it out. I love that. So, and I, and that's actually, again, coming back to that intention of just holding, if you are coming back to an argument over and over, that is what I say to folks, you know, hold that you're going to hold in your mind that you're actually going to resolve it, that you're going to find a place to come to together to resolve it. Because it's part of it too, that the assumption, the belief is that, oh, we keep having this fight, nothing ever changes. And if you believe that, then that's what's going to happen. Nothing's ever going to change. So you got to sort of come at it with this new energy that we're going to resolve this, mm-hmm. that we're in this together. Yeah. It's not a you problem or a me problem. It's an us, you know, right. and how do we get to the other side? I love that. And there's one other thing I want to add to this, which is, so let's say a couple, let's say one person comes to me to talk about, to explore the possibility of coaching. Now, usually I'm talking to both of them, but let's just say I'm talking to one of them. And they'll come and they'll tell me all the problems that they're having and I'll listen to all of it, right? We'll talk in great length at all the issues that seemingly are unresolvable. And they think they've convinced me that this relationship is, is unsalvageable. But they haven't because we haven't talked about the most important thing. And so after I listen to everything that's been going on, I say, great, so what do you, what do you like about this person? What's great about this person? What, you know? And they're like, they'll start to say, well, they, they're really nice to me when they're not blah, 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 blah. And I'll say, wait, stop. And I'll mm-hmm. like literally pause them and say, you came to a relationship coach. There's some reason why this relationship is important to you in spite of all the, the reasons why, you know, all the bad things. So tell me why I should care about your relationship. Because you do. And if you, I, I'm about to be invested, emotionally invested in your success. So tell me why, what's great about this relationship. Mm. And so we'll really get into it. And when I'm working with a couple in the very beginning, one of the things we'll do is, why are you together? Why did you pick this person out of the 7 billion people you could have chosen? Like, what's unique about your connection? And I keep coming back to this word connection. Like, there's something unique about what the two of you had. What, how did you, what first clicked with this person? What's great about this person? And I have them write a list. Each of them writes a list about why this person, what they have. And when they're fighting, I have them pull that list out. Mm -hmm. Because what's going to get them to the other side of the worst of their problems is this list of why they're together and why they chose each other. So I, ha- I have them pull the list out because that's the anchor that's going to pull them all the way to the other side. I love it. Yeah. I have had an exercise I do with couples where I'll, I say to them, so there's a million dollar prize. Well, now I say 10 million. I did this a long time ago. I said, <laughs> a million doesn't feel like enough. But there's a $10 million prize if you're the best couple. So I want you to sell me, like sell me. You want to win this $10 million prize yeah. Why you 
are the best couple who deserve the $10 million. And it's wonderful what comes out. You know, people will really start to dig deep, right, for what that is. And it's a great place to come from when you're trying to move forward. Mm -hmm. Because we never, we don't progress from our weaknesses. We progress from our strengths, of course. So, you know, always trying to fix only what's wrong based on what's wrong isn't, isn't going to get us far. Right. Uh, so it's really important. I think I love both of these ideas of how to really starting from a place of something I want. Right. So that I'm more motivated, yeah. right. To do the thing I need to do to get to the other side. Yeah. And when, when they're at that place where one of them is saying, I'm giving up, I'm, I'm ready to give up. I say, that's a viable option. You can totally do that. But here's what you're leaving on the table. This is the list you gave me. You, yeah. you know, this is like pull out, pull out this sheet of paper that you wrote, or, or you entrusted me with the vision of of what you guys are at your best. And and I can tell you as a relationship coach that, you know, a lot of the problems that you're going to find, <laughs> you're going to find them in the next relationship that you have. And Absolutely. these are the reasons why your your relationship is good. And so, you know, mm-hmm. that's yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm so with you there. So, okay. So to, to recap, if you had to give a, like a top three ways to have relationship ESP or to practice it or to get better at it, yeah, what would be like your top three? Paradoxically, so first of all, notice that you actually know more than you, than mm-hmm. you give yourself credit for. There are things you know that you notice. And then the paradoxical one is don't get all analytical about how you know that you know because that's where you're at risk of turning it into a formula and it's where you shut down part of the intuitive part of your brain that knows stuff that you don't know how you know you want that Love uh, it. number three is is act on it act as it like trust yourself enough to act as if it's true and then get feedback from your partner and the partner has to give accurate feedback Truthful, honest, accurate feedback. I love it. We always like to walk away with some steps, and I love these because I think that they're, uh, if, if you just, and I'll put these in the show notes, of course, for everybody, but if you were to just tack this to your fridge <laughs> and sort of every time you opened your refrigerator door and it was sitting there or make a little, go, go on Canva, make yourself a little cute wallpaper for your phone or something like that, where you just have these four things all the time and they're just sort of there. I love that you gave me four and not just three. Thank you. Uh, and you uh, just have them all the time. And I do think that no matter what else, that there has to be some sort of action. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's only, it's great to think things and it's great, you know, to ponder and all that. But without action, it's just wishing. It's, there's yeah. nothing that's really going to materialize in your relationship. So to, to really figure out some small, no matter how small it is, way to act. And that could be asking your partner a question or saying, hey, can I talk to you about something? Or I yeah. notice you're angry or whatever that is. But to do that one thing, it doesn't have to be epic, but it needs to be the one thing. Yeah. Yeah. And the promise of a long-term relationship is that it can be better in 10 years. It can be better in 20 years than it is now. And the way that happens is you put it into practice every single day so that the relationship gets a little bit better every day by acting, by taking action like that. I love it. Oh my God, this was so helpful. I learned so much. I know everybody out there listening learned so much. So, and Ken has a gift for everyone. Um, do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So I have a an email sequence that, that, it's a five part, five emails that expand greatly on the stuff we talked about. Mm-hmm. And it's called Relationship ESP. And mm-hmm. so it goes into a lot of detail and will give you this, give both partners the steps. It talks about the role of emotions in this whole thing. So uh, you can get to it by going to kenblackman.com slash R-E-S-P. Love it. And I'll also have a link to it in the show notes. You can get it right on the website too. And what's great about uh, that, so sometimes people will give a little, I almost want to say it's like a little like ebook or something. And that's fine. But a lot of times people don't read those. And so getting these five emails over, how many weeks does it come? They, they're spread out over a few days so that you can few days, like read each one together. Right. And Put, put that piece into practice before you go on to the next one. And yep. so 
That's yeah. what I love about this. So when he mentioned that he had these emails, I thought, oh my God, this is so great. So you sort of get something in your box and remind mm-hmm. you to go back. You don't have to just download something once and it's sitting somewhere mm-hmm. <laughs> and you forget about it. Uh, and again, to kind of practice over a few days to really get much more information on this and to really hone in your relationship ES- ESP. Yeah. So that's it for today. Thank you all for listening. Ken, thank you so much for being here. This was oh, great. Yeah. Oh, I, so awesome. I love how much we resonate on so many different things. It's so great. I know. I just feel like it's such a kindred spirit having you in my world. So thank you so much. And everyone, I will talk to you on the next broadcast. Thanks for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast at www.abbymedcalf.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com.